Well, thanks for listening to the LCR Media Podcast, where we get to know the pros. I'm your host, LCR Naylor Taliaferro. And on today's long-awaited episode, I have a friend of mine, a peer and mentor in the industry and locally. Uh, his name is Charles Nelson with Stepping Stone Landscaping. How's it going, Charles? Doing great. How are you doing? I'm good. He's actually been on the episode way back in the archives there, episode four. So when I started my podcast almost a year ago, uh, he came over to my house, to my studio, as Paul would say, <laughs> lcrmedia.com studio. Um, just joking around there with, with good old Paul James and Green Street Podcast. Uh, but back on episode four was uh, Charles told his whole you know background story of, of his business. And we also focused on um, one of the newest things at that point was his dump trailer that he got, uh, which was a game changer for him. For, for We were going into leaf season or we were in leaf season. Um, and then, but he really got it for mulch, which you know, now we can recap that. So we're kind of picking up a little bit where we, where we left off there and then going through a whole bunch of other things, just kind of recapping the season and, um, a lot of ups and downs, a lot of, a lot of learning opportunities, but, but a lot, but a lot of good things from what I, what I, what I've heard, um, speaking, starting with the dump trailer. So, um, you got it for mulch, you did leaves with it and you, I'm guessing you killed it right with it, with the leaf season. That was a game changer, right? From what you were doing before. Yeah. Leaf season was great. Um, obviously, it's been a little while since leaf season. Right. We're recording this in September yeah. 2021. But we're coming up on it again. So are we you are. looking forward to it? Because now you have the, are you changing the setup at all? No. Or it's, you're I like, think we're doing the exact it. same thing. It works great. Um, but we do, we did need to buy a new hose. Um, the actual vacuum hose part <laughs> got ran over as we were taking it apart. Oh, that so, always happens. Those are the things. Yeah. That, that's Let, what happens. Taking the thing apart and uh, just accidentally got backed over with. No big deal. <laughs> got that, uh, got a new one. Um, yeah, go back to episode four, you said. Um, we really dive into the numbers on how the profitability side of the vacuum trailer setup versus tarps, right? <laughs> Good old tarps. Yeah. But like you said, the real reason I got, you know, I wanted to invest in it was the mulch, right? Yeah. My big, we do a lot of mulch and our biggest issue is the weight. Um, I've watched a lot of the YouTube. weight on your regular trailer, right? Correct. Like a regular landscape dual axle trailer can only hold so much it's exactly. for equipment, not, you know, mulch. <laughs> You'll see a lot of, um, YouTube videos out there and they'll say, Oh yeah, build these huge walls on the side. And mm-hmm. in theory, that's great. In practicality, weight is a big issue and you got to take that into account. Um, we started off with a single axle, uh, five by 10 trailer. We could get about two yards of mulch in there before, you hit a bump and you just see in the burn rubber, you know, smoke yeah. coming off the tires. Wow. So I was yeah. like, okay, we, we get our, you know, uh, dual axle, tandem axle six by 16, I think is mm-hmm. what our trailer was. Um, six yards is about what we could get in there. And then all of a sudden it's just too heavy. You know, mm-hmm. we just can't, you just can't, doesn't matter how high your walls are. If the tires and if the trailer can't support it, it becomes a problem. Right. Not only that, but you have to shovel it all out, shovel it all out. Um, and it, the, the problem with that is the bottleneck. So people don't realize it, but when you're, you're bringing a, a wheelbarrow into a trailer, right. You can only have one wheelbarrow in a trailer at a time. Right. And especially uh, the further back you go, as you get down to the last couple of yards, you're all the way up at the front of the trailer and yeah. a lot of extra walking. And, and then we're, then again, more bottleneck. Yep. Um, so that was a bit, you know, that was my whole game changer was really came down to the weight. A simple fact of, I want to be able to carry more mulch from the mulch yard to the properties. Um, and I wanted to have a designated trailer to do it to, to where we could 
go get a full load basically every time and just go from property to property to property. So what, what was your, your average one yard mulch? Like, uh, like, uh, you know, like, like your average property, how much mulch, like mine are normally less than five yards yeah. uh, per, per property. The four seem to always be the magic number three or four. So I could always just throw that in the back of my truck is what I was doing because I can get four yards in the back of my truck and I can knock out one yard at a time if I needed to, you know, or have, if there were a couple next to each other, I could have, have you know, eight yards delivered or something and we can just knock it out that way. So how was it for you? Um, I would say our average, that's a tough one <laughs> to, to say an average. We've done a lot of mulch this year. I mean, were they bigger than, than the four yeah. yards? Oh, of mulch? Yeah. I feel like you have like bigger, you know, mulch beds or yeah, whatever. I would say seven to eight yards is a good average number for us. Um, we don't have many because one, we have a minimum. We're not going to step foot on your property to mulch your yard under $300, mm-hmm. which, you know, a rough equation would be three yards of mulch. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not perfect, but some people who only have a small mulch bed, you know, they're just, they're not, you know, they will pay, right. they, you know, they're, you know, it comes down to reliability and, um, right. And customer service. But, um, yeah, our, most of our customers who are mulching, it's, I would say seven to eight yards is the yeah. average. And just to put in perspective for, for, for everyone listening, um, I, I have a lot of those cookie cutter HOA neighborhoods, you know, that have just smaller kind of mulch beds, unless people expanded them, you know, cause they want to have a nice landscape area and pool and all kinds of stuff like that. Those, those are where the yards get a little bit more than four yards. They get six or seven yards, uh, here and there, but where they have like a big mulch bed in their, in their backyard, they kind of like bordering the woods or whatever type deal. Um, that, that's where we get into some of the bigger ones that I have, but they're all in the same neighborhoods where a lot of your properties are more like older neighborhoods, a lot of yep. woods, a lot of trees, and those typically have a lot larger mulch beds for, for whatever reason. So We're, we definitely, I would say mature. You know, mature, as far as the homes. You um, your homes are beautiful. They're nice, but like we're talking about with trees. They're, they're you know, new. Yeah. You know, it's pretty simple. I used to, when I was in high school, I worked for a company. That's all we did was new home installations. We would knock out three to four homes a day, plant, you know, planting all the plants, digging the holes, putting on, putting down the mulch, doing everything, and then move on to the next doesn't take much. It was pretty simple. And that's basically where y'all's landscapes are on your new properties. Right. Over time, as the trees get bigger, things start to mature, a new homeowner moves in, wants a little garden over here, it starts to expand. And that's where a lot of our properties are. Right. Um, so yeah, we do, you know, bringing six yards of mulch with the, uh, and that's maxed out Yeah. with the trailers we had, you know, that we're making a lot of trips. So how much could you get in now? So <laughs> weight became an issue again. Oh, because <laughs> um, you're like, let's go for it. <laughs> yeah, let's go for it. We were at 10. So 10 was, is definitely pushing it. So that's with a F-250 gas truck. It was pushing it on the trailer or, or the truck? Was the combination, I would say. Um, the trailer and the truck were struggling a little bit. Yeah. Well, we were noted, we, you didn't think it, but when you, when it comes to dumping, mm. if it's wet, that hydro, mm. it wouldn't, it wouldn't lift. So oh, we'd wow. have to shovel some out before we could dump it out. Like, wow. That's when I realized, oh, wow, maybe we're maxing this out. Gotcha. <laughs> um, but yeah, Ryan, I would say my foreman, Ryan, you know, he's, he'd probably on average go out there and get, if he didn't have to take the highway or anything like that, we're usually filling up 10 or he'd get about nine. Just depends on how late in the season we were. If we, you know, at the beginning of the season, all we're doing is mulching, mulching, mulching. Right. We're filling that thing up all the time. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was a, it was an eye opener for a lot of reasons. Um, definitely a good investment. Let's just say that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I mean, it seems like that's the thing. At some point or another in your business, you either you need a dump truck or a dump trailer. It just makes things so much more convenient, so much easier. And I, I think I'll probably, I've been kind of avoiding that part of my business, but j- j- just not avoiding it like for a bad thing. But, you know, there's so many things to focus on. It's like, you know, I mean, I get this, I get that, you know, you can't get it all at once. So I feel like that's kind of one of the last things on my list to, to focus on and uh, as an investment, you know, um, have, have the right workload for it and so on. But yeah, dump trailers, dump trucks, dump something. Yeah. That's, that's definitely a game changer just for so many reasons, like I just said. And you're right. It is an investment. I think we talked numbers of what I spent on it altogether mm-hmm. back in uh, the first episode. Yeah. Um, but I know that it was popular in the way we broke down the leaves and, you know, productivity and profitability was helpful to a lot of people. And I've done the same thing with the mulching. Now, for people who don't know, we were supposed to do this in July. So all my numbers right. go off of July, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but just to put things into perspective, uh, last year through July, we did about 450 yards of mulch. Um, we averaged five yards per trip. So if you go, you know, how many times we went to mulch yard? On average, five yards per trip. A total of 85 trips. This year, we've done over 700 yards of mulch. Again, this was July. We've done more than that now. Uh, we averaged 8.5 yards per trip and a total of 87 trips. So just, you know, doesn't seem like a crazy difference or whatever else, but hear me out. <laughs> to break it down, if we didn't have the dump trailer this year, same mulch volume that we did this year, we would have had to take an additional 50 trips to the mulch yard with people in the truck. Um, the savings in the trips alone so far this year comes to an estimated $5,900. So you look at the, it's a big purchase. There's no doubt about it, but it's all about growing the business and working smarter, not harder. Um, and I think after a year, cause I got it last August, it's been a good, a good investment for sure. Has, has it paid for itself already? Or it, you, it has, I estimated two years and it was, it paid for itself in about seven months. <laughs> wow. So. Well, there you go. That, that, and then, and you, you were ready with those numbers, man, for sure. Holy cow. So you, that's definitely an efficiency builder there for your business. And, um, and you, so for mulch, are you going to change anything up? You said leaves, you're going to go with the same, same setup. What do you, you just maybe go a little bit lighter with the mulch sometimes next year? So we, so we basically have, so we did take off our big four foot side box that we built for the leaves. Um, you can see it on Instagram, whatever else this year for the mulch, we decided to do, oh gosh, I think two, um, two, you know, two highs, so I think 24 inches total, um, two by twelves. Um, we did that all the way around, turned out really nice. Ryan, my foreman again, made a tarp setup that can, uh, just easily be full, you know, go up and down less time. Nice. Worked out really well. Um, so that holds the mulch fine. And then also the trips to the dump with the debris. Gosh, that's been yes. easy. Yeah. Um, there's no more worrying about, did you tarp the trailer? Because if you had leaves or debris in yeah, there, it blow it gets all, all over the place. Well, yeah. you still want to tarp it for blowing, but the wetness, like you, if it sits there over the weekend and it rains, oh, Monday's miserable. Yeah. Now it's just a click of a button. Gotcha. Um, you can add more things to it. That's the other advantage is we didn't get rid of our other trailers. So there's other things we need to do. Dump trailer sits there, dump it when it's full instead of just right. going to dump it, throw a mower on there and do something else. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it just, it's more, more, um, 
efficient that way. Yeah. And I guess even maybe the guys could come back if they got random stuff in the back of their truck, like their truck bed or whatever. And, you know, and, and they can just toss it in the, in the dump, uh, in the dump trailer. I know you probably have less of those, uh, open dump beds cause you got the, uh, the ramp rack yeah, <laughs> switching right. gears into uh, efficiency there. So absolutely. I know you, you were, um, so was it because like, just, I guess, tell us where this whole idea came from. Obviously those of you that um, do know. Um, but if you don't know, I have a ramp rack and I had it before Charles and he came and took a look at my setup and, and I th- I'm sure that gave him some ideas, but what, where did, did it all just come from? Because you saw me or were you kind of looking for some sort of solution, uh, before all that? And then you kind of saw the ramp rack or saw me with the ramp rack and it kind of started coming together or what? Tell us down that whole story. Well, you're definitely the selling point for sure. There's no doubt about that. Um, being able to come and see you working out of it was, was what sold me to mm-hmm. do it. Um, you could just go in up close, someone local, I can go and see it. I obviously watched all the videos you did on it. Extremely helpful, made it very simple for me to decide to drive up there to Maryland, get them to install it, had a great time um, learning from them and everything else. And I do plan on continuing to grow with that in mind. Um, my biggest reason is, again, mature properties. We do a lot of properties um, that are smaller in smaller neighborhoods that have tighter streets. I'm talking one-way streets, um, parking on both sides. There's been times where we had, you know, with racks on the side of the trailers, we literally have to get out, unhook blowers just to get through these tight streets. It just gets difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and all we're doing is mowing. It's, you know, yeah. you need to bring these yeah, trailers. Right. And yeah, that, and you don't need to be spending any extra time is where I thought you were going with that too. Yeah. Unhooking tra- uh, blowers and all this stuff just to mow. It's like, you need to get in there and get out. Like, yeah. You know, obviously do a good job, but I mean, you're, you're, it's all about efficiency time. You're on the clock, you know, every time you're on a property for mowing versus like, if you're doing enhancements, things like that, there's a little more of that factored into your pricing or mowing. You just got to get in there. So you don't, you don't need to be caught up with this and that and people double parking and yeah. Uh, all this stuff and you got to park down the street and walk and that, that is just a profit killer for mowing. Suburbia, you know, you can double park. It's not the end of the world. People can get easily around you in these streets. You just can't do it. You can't even parallel park. It's just not. So when you are able to take a large trailer truck setup and just shrink it by, I'm not saying in half, but pretty much, mm-hmm. um, you can have less experienced drivers. I don't recommend doing that, but <laughs> right. You, you know, don't need someone that needs that knows how to pull a trailer. Yeah. Now they just need to drive a truck and yeah. realize they have a little extra hanging off. So it was definitely enticing. I think you got what, what last summer, uh, uh whenever you, I can't remember whenever when you, it was, when yeah. you picked it up. It was, yeah. That started, um, that was very intriguing, you know, uh, wow, this is cause there's a lot of the, is it was last year because this is my second season with it. Yeah. Okay. So two seasons ago. Um, and I was, you know, the way we have everything set up, we're not, you know, I'm not used to an enclosed trailer. I'm used to unloading and offloading and all that kind of thing. Um, but what really, after I think I saw it with you, it was really enticing. I was like, this is the right thing to do. And then of course, probably three weeks after we met or we, uh, we met that neighborhood, you showed me it. Yeah. One of my guys side swiped a minivan in, in one of those neighborhoods oh, on a one way street. That. Yeah. And it was just like... With you the know, trailer? With the trailer. Yeah. The back end of the sprayer rack dug into the side. Of, you know. Oh, it wasn't you know, even the trailer or anything. No, the rack. is the rack. Um, and don't get me wrong. The ramp rack has racks on the side. It's all built out. looks but, great. But, but it's higher. And it's higher. You can see, you know. And the truck isn't as wide I'm not as making, the trailer I'm not making a three, you know, huge turn with the trailer down right. from one one way to another one way. Right. Um, so that was kind of my like, you know what? 
let's get on the phone, call <laughs> these guys up. Let's figure out when I need to purchase this. So from that point on, I went around building out my whole setup around the ramp rack. So I was looking for trucks for a while. I finally settled on a uh, 2016 F-150 single cab long bed because I liked how you had plenty of room back there. Yeah. When you're going from a 16 foot, well, I think they're, the older setup was a 12 foot trailer to down to a six and a half foot bed. I mean, mm, yeah. yeah. And you, you lose your bed space too. Right. So that was, I just, I was like, I'm going to get an eight foot bed. Yeah. Um, and then you have a little bit extra with the, with the ramp rack itself. Cause then it, it, things can like hang off of the, uh, basically yeah. like where your tailgate would be. You have a little extra room there too. So really it's more like a nine and a half, 10 foot bed really, or of space really, you know? Yeah. You know, it made us more efficient as far as just like, we don't need to bring this. We don't need to bring that, you know, just focus on what we do best. And yeah. that's getting in and out of properties on time within a reasonable amount of time. Um, and on to the next. So Found the truck. I got a bed liner sprayed in. I um, got it, you know, decals on it, whatever else. Then I drove up to Maryland, got the ramp rack put on. Um, then we outfitted it. So I already had all the racks and everything like that. Got that all set up. I did a video walkthrough on Instagram. I remember seeing that, um, yeah. So I, re- I think we're really happy with how it's set up. It works really well for us. Um, and then the mower set up. Again, this these I bought this specifically for our smaller properties. So I'm not trying to go out there and cut acres. I'm trying to go out there and cut 2,000 square feet. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have a 36 inch right stander and two push mowers. Um, works perfectly for us, and it's been yeah been huge. So so is that like your is that your only mowing setup, or is that just one of the mowing setups? That's one of two. So we have two mowing crews, and then one enhancement crew. So a total of three crews. So the second mowing crew does like the bigger properties yep. and pulls the trailer and in neighborhoods that they can navigate through better, exactly. like like the Salisbury's and stuff like that type neighborhoods. For, yeah. for those of you that are local, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, they're they're more in suburbia. Um, you know, fifty-two inch, thirty-six inch, that those kind of setups. Um, we're not doing massive properties by any means, but we have room to turn around and room to maneuver with the trailer. Um, the real question is next year, looking at a third mowing crew, this is where I, you know, do I do another ramp rack or do I do an enclosed? Oh, I've been going back there and you forth. Go. You have a, you'll have a variety there. Yeah. For sure. Um, um, that, well, what, what is, what are you going back and forth with? Like, what is your philosophy for the, uh, the direction of the trailer? company it really comes down to it is I need to spend some time when I have time, which, you know, let's not get ourselves ever. <laughs> I need to spend some time and figure out what customers are we getting more of? Where are we really profitable in? And where should I be focusing my attention? And I want to say our, it's going to point to the ramp rack. It's going to point to those smaller properties where we're in and out of um, because there's not a lot of ramp racks in Richmond. Um, and so other, co- you know, they're trying to tow big trucks and trailers. And most of the time customers are just, or companies are just saying, no, I'm not going to service your area. I can't. Um, yeah. I don't have experienced enough drivers to get there. It takes too long getting in and out or whatever else, blah, blah, blah. Um, so that opens the door for me to kind of uh, seal some. Yeah. So what, what do you think? What, what are you thinking about uh, enclosed for? Like, what are the benefits potentially for that? Um, because of our, you know, shop setup, running out of storage facilities, um, you know, we have five parking spots and four 10 by 20 units. Um, we're unloading and loading up all the time. If you're going to GIE, you've got to stop and check out what's new from Toro. See the Revolution series of smart battery products. Demo new features on their gas equipment. 
and find out how Toro's Horizon 360 software brings it all together for your business. Just look for the Toro booths at GIE. I was asking you why you wanted to have an, like, what are your uh, thought process for the enclosed trailer? Like, what are some of the benefits there? And you start talking about storage and yeah. things like that. So we're used to unloading and loading up every morning. Um, I do allow, you know, us to leave stuff in trail in the trailers overnight. We tarp it regardless if it's going to rain or not. Just, to, you know, prying eyes or whatnot. But um, everything gets locked up. But if it's calling for any chance of rain, we're unloading and loading it back up. I just feel like it'd be easy to just have one setup ready to go. Right. Uh, it'll also free up shop space in the units. I mean, we're maxed out with four units right now. Need to get a fifth, you know, whatever else. Um, so that that's just a thought process for the bigger properties. We do have a day of the week where LM1, um, Lawn Maintenance 1, they do a, what we call a state. So those are our big country estates you know we're there yeah. for a few hours you know each one kind of it's thing. like acreage so, yeah acreage stuff. so we're doing everything there you know total property care um and just having that enclosed trailer with bringing a little bit more tools with us you know could be beneficial um it also would free up the truck bed space which carries gas cans um usually the hedger There's so much stuff i can't fit on the trailers even with all the racks we have that way i can put debris in the truck beds um and you know, haul away if need be. So that's the thought with the enclosed. I, st I there's a there's a place for it. There's no doubt about it. But yeah. I can only grow so fast. I only want to grow so fast. Um, looking at establishing another lawn crew. Can my enhancement crew maintain three lawn crews? That's a big question mark. I don't know if it will. I think we'll need to start a second enhancement crew throughout the year. And that's a lot for me to undertake. Multiple truck purchases, either ramp rack, mower. Per you know, there's a lot of things to go along with it. So. In the short term, I think the ramp rack makes the most sense for the next purchase. Eventually, I plan on having a lot of ramp racks, ramp right, racks but right. um, you know, just growing at a steady pace is my philosophy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of growth, a nice little segue there. <laughs> <laughs> With the growth comes uh, the need for more staffing to increase staffing, and you know, employees, team members, you know, however you want to uh, call it, whatever you want to call it. Um, basically, you need to increase the size of your team of your company so i know everyone is probably if you've been you know um regular listeners of my podcast anyway uh, and have just been on social media at all you have seen and you might be dealing with this yourself uh, it has been quite the uh quite the stressful experience um in 2021 here especially the summer for labor like it's like a labor crisis is what i keep calling it and, and and it's not just like lawn and landscape like we've always had a labor issue right like this industry's always struggled i've had my struggles but uh over the years everyone's had their ups and downs but it, it's like reached like an all-time craziness uh level right now like it's reached an all-time high and it's also just it's like new weird craziness because it's not just lawn and landscape it's it's everyone it's it's like you know your favorite fast food or or local restaurant or big chain restaurant or grocery store or gas station or you know place where you get your clothes whatever whatever it is everywhere and anywhere it's we're, we're closed indefinitely we're we're reducing our hours indefinitely we're uh, closing a couple of days a week uh, indefinitely. And it's all because of staffing. So it's just been really, really crazy. And I, just to go focus on our back on our industry, I've, I've heard folks that have been in this industry for 
like almost 30 years. And they said it's never been, they've never seen anything like this ever. And it's like, it's, 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 it's weird. It's like, where, where even are these people going? It's like, they just vanish. And it's like, where are all these people? What are they doing? How are they surviving? Like unemployment's like stopped. Like, I don't understand. Like you'd think we'd start getting like a influx of people and it, there's just, there's just no people here. But so I, I know you have had some better luck, but you've definitely had some ups and downs for sure. Um, various times, you know, I, I talked to you and you're like, man, I'm sorry to hear, what I'm going through, you know, and you're like, yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing good. And then it's like, then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, I mean, I just lost a guy and it really like, you know, it really set us back. And I'm like, man, it's like a lot of back and forth. Right. So, um, maybe, you know, if you don't mind kind of going down, I, I find that this is helpful for people that are to help people not feel alone, you know, like, social media helps people get connected, right? That's the number one goal of social media or the, that was like number one purpose for social media. Um, a lot of more things have come since then, but it helps connect people. So if you don't have social media or no one's talking about what you're struggling with on social media, you can feel really lonely, you know, and like you just feel like you're, you're just like, you're just not doing something right. You know, maybe this isn't, you're not cut out for this or what. Meanwhile, everyone is struggling with, with this particular thing, you know, and a lot of things in general that you might, that be also struggling with. So that's why I really try to keep talking about some of these things because it's been really stressful, uh, not only for me, but for, for you, Charles, and, and for, for everyone that's been kind of dealing with this staffing issue. I said recently to someone, uh, I said this to Blake, B&B Lawn Care, uh, when, when I saw him over the weekend um, at, at a special event we went to. He, um, The people that are crushing it right now, that are unaffected by staffing at all, are the solo people. <laughs> They're the only ones because yeah. they know their limit. They can only do so much. And that's it. They don't have to worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> they only rely on themselves. Like out of all of the years and all the scenarios, the solo entrepreneurs, as Brian Lawn Maintenance uh, has kind of coined that phrase, they're killing it. They're crushing it because they, they can charge whatever they want because people are, their phones are probably ringing off the hook just like ours, but they can only take on so much work. So they're just going to keep, if they're smart, hopefully they're going to keep raising their rates until they get like that super premium uh, rate with the best customers, the best yards and the best neighborhoods. They, they are and should and could be crushing it right now because they don't have to rely on anyone but themselves now granted some freak things could happen they could break something and then now they're now they're totally screwed but th th i feel like that's happening less you know that's less of a chance than you know hey i got a couple employees and now i've got a cruise worth of work and guess what they both quit now I'm, now i'm screwed you know yeah. what i mean i'm gonna get all this work done like like similar to what i've been dealing with off and on throughout the summer it's like so it's it, it's it's a whole a whole rabbit hole of stuff. So what, what has been your experience? <laughs> <laughs> Quite an intro there with this yeah. uh, subject. Um, I'll start off with, uh, with one number and that's 43. That's how many people I've hired since March 1st. Oh my God. Um, now out of those 43, 14 never even showed up the first day, right? Shook your hand, said, see you on Monday, whatever else. Never heard from him again. Um, oh man! And I, you know, at first I was worried. I was, you know, I was reaching out because I yeah, like, really had too much experience. Yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> this is got used not to a it. normal thing. Um, yeah, sure. I've had I've been stood up time and time again for interviews, but once you accept the job and you shake your hand, yeah. and usually see you on Monday, see you on Monday it works. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, where I, they go? They get run over by a car. I, would, I was in the hospital. Yeah. yeah. No, I hear you. Um, and then I just it just became. <laughs> okay, I guess that's yeah. It became a, a running joke amongst my guys. Just 
you know, I would hire someone and then I would literally say, well, there's a 15% chance or sorry, 50% <laughs> chance they'll be here. So honestly, I don't know what to tell yeah, you. I uh, stopped even telling my guys that, that, that I even hired anyone until they showed up that day. Here's a new person. <laughs> so that's, uh, so that's 14 of them. Tw- we've been you know, 26 since March 1st where they've started and no longer work here. Um, you know, it, so, so they made it through the first two steps. They made it through the first <laughs> and two they steps. They actually started, started working. The they, um, there was a time when I took some advice from, uh, from a peer of just, you know what, just telling them to show up and not even meeting with them in person. And that didn't work out for us. Um, yeah. Cause you just never know who you're going to get never, that yeah. way. That's and too crazy. Yeah. I think I did that with like three guys and I, you know, all yeah. three of them, I think it was one day and then I, you know, had yeah. to cut them loose. After that might work out for the bright views and the Rupert's out there. Yeah. Maybe cause they just have mass people, but, and they've, their crews are big enough that it's like, it's not as detrimental. They can kind of like, Oh, yo, this dude's not doing so good. Let's, let's get, you know, but like when you only have a couple of guys, yeah, it's, that's, it's that's, more that's about really culture. Per- yeah. It's truck, exactly. you know, truck talk and right. you got to be able to fit in and, right. and do all that stuff. Um, so yeah, 26, that's, that's a tough amount number for me to swallow because you know, in the previous four or five years in business, I don't think I've hired 26 people altogether. Um, <laughs> right. and oh man. Yeah. So I, I, I can't, I, I've apologized to my guys time and again, we've had these tough talks where I'm just like, I'm, I'm trying, I've spent over $6,000 this year on just advertisements alone for employees. I've never spent a dollar before. Um, you know, or I, I say that I don't want to get caught in a lie, whatever the, to post an ad on Facebook, right. 25 bucks or something like that. Yeah, just to post negligible it. amount. You're yeah. not talking hundreds or thousands. I'm not talking, I'm, I'm spending on Indeed, for example. Mm. I got in contact with the people there and just saying like, what do I need to do to yeah. show up on the first page? And they told me $92 a day. And I was like, fine. You know, I'm, we're right. talking cra- versus zero. Yeah. And that's what people don't understand is it's, it's not that people, it's not that we're not trying. It's the funnel. The funnel of feeding us applicants you know last year you post a job and or two years ago whatever COVID just throws everything up yeah you post a job you get 15 applicants the next day right this year i post a job with it boosted by almost a hundred dollars i'll get two and within you know and they're not even worth a phone call but guess yeah. what i gotta call them right yeah that i this is the first i've been using indeed ever since i started hiring i mean they're like the or one yeah. of the largest uh, um, uh, job search engines out there. They're like the Google of jobs or whatever. But um, I, when I first started posting jobs again this year, I, I, they had like a message that I've never seen before that said, you know, there's a, there's an unusually low rate of, you know, applicants for this job type or something wacky like that. And I was like, what? I've never seen that before. So that just, that just kind of like already set me up for failure. I'm like, Oh man, this is going to be hard. This is going to be rough. We've done it all. You know, Facebook, indeed, um, zip recruiter, barefoot students. I mean, everything. I mean, I was even tempted to answer some of the, you know, spam calls that are saying, we'll get you, you know, I've got landscapers ready to go in your area. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, if you look at the quality of the applicants that actually do funnel into us, which, you know, before it was simple, you just, you know, open up the applications. Anybody who doesn't meet your criteria, which we're not setting the bar very high here, um, especially me, I don't look for experience. I look for certain things in employees that I can mold and build. I always say I look for two things, reliability and a good attitude. I'll teach you the rest, but you need to show up and you need to have a positive attitude. Um, if you don't have those two things, then there, it's tough for me to work with you. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but look, we'll just look at my most recent campaign at the beginning of September. I did got a $750 campaign across Facebook and Inst- or, uh, Facebook and uh, indeed um, over a four day period. And I got 22 applications on indeed 11 of them, <laughs> 11 of them didn't have a driver's license, which it's like, okay, that's fine. But they also wrote that they don't have a reliable form of transportation to get to work. <laughs> so, so they're just doomed. Like, so what is even like, the point? Yeah. I, those are two boxes that I have, like, you know. That, yeah. Yeah. You know, okay. I, out of those 22, 19 total didn't have a driver's license, you know. Yeah. But c- come on. Uh, half, how are you going to get here? Yeah. How are you going to even What get am I here? spending my money on? What, am I going to pick you up? Like, I, what do you think this is? That's I'm not what, doing that. That's what's expected, I guess. Uh-huh. Um that's yeah. crazy. The twenty something, twenty two that you said boosted. I remember like last year or the year before. Hundreds. Yeah, yeah. Like it, there was like a prime time where I'd po- I'd post a free job post and get fifty something yeah. people. And I'm like, what the heck? And they weren't they weren't all garbage either. There was quite a bit that were interviewable, but then you know they, oh, yeah. half of them wouldn't show up or whatever. But I mean, I th- I'm pretty sure I hi- hired some people throughout those fifty plus, you know, applicant campaigns. So it's like, it's a totally different world right now. H- have you ever been fully staffed this summer? I was, um, in July or sorry, in June, uh, the end of June, we had nine guys. And so that gave me three guys on my one mowing crew, two guys on my other mowing crew, three guys with my enhancement crew. Plus Ryan could be supervising, um, perfect setup. Someone needs to call out sick. Someone wants to take a vacation, whatever else. we got plenty of work. we got plenty of time. So that was the end of June. Um, I think let's see. So for, we'll, we'll go over the summer. So the end of June, we had nine, uh, I had to let someone go. He'd been with us for about a month. You know, I, I gave, I, I gave in way too much. I mean, this one guy, for example, no names, but I mean, we're talking, he's late 19 times in I think he started in the beginning of May, so through June. So two months, he's late 19 times. I mean, come on. Yeah. There's well, usually well, 22 well, working days. Was, was this who you were referring to back when you were here, uh, back over the summer for the uh, the road tour, the Green Industry Podcast? Paul was at my house, and we had a whole bunch of the local guys here. And I overheard you talking. About, uh, we were talking about, like, staffing and joking, all the jokes. Like, yeah. oh, you had that too? Oh, it's a, you know, a seizure for you too? Yeah, like, oh, that was mine this week or whatever. And, and you, you had said something about how it was so bad that you were just like, Hey, can, can you, like you were overlooking all these things? Like, yeah. are you going to, okay, well, are you going to be here tomorrow? Like, yeah. but then you started getting staffed up and you're like, all right, this isn't going to fly anymore. You, you either got to shape up this or ship a out. Guy. Yeah. But, <laughs> oh man, it's a uh, different guy. Yeah. I had one, oh, one guy, man. Know, someone had a seizure, you know, and he, I'm, if you call out sick in my company, I'm going to, the first thing I'm going to do is call you, call you up after a decent amount of time, like a couple hours, let you sleep or whatever else. And I'm going to ask you what you need. Hey, can I come drop you off some soup? Can I drop you off some mess? I'm going to take care of you. I don't, right. I'm, my benefit of the doubt is that you are ill and you can't make it to work. Yeah. Cause if you're not, I hope you feel guilty about me willing <laughs> yeah. to do this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, most of my guys, you know, it's, it's a legit thing. There's a respect level there that, um, you know, they're either physically ill or mentally ill because they've just been burnt out and I get it. You know, right. there's, but, um, no, there's the excuses that I saw this year. I mean, I, I, they're not even appropriate. Some of them for, the yeah, podcast. but, but, but to your point, you, so you were, you were at a point where you were just like, just no call, I, no shows yeah, like 19 times yeah. they were late and you're like, ah, and you're just like, yeah, you're biting your tongue. Cause you want to be like, get out of here. But you're like, I, 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 you know, like, was he decent when he was, when he yeah. was there? No, the guys, he, he had a good attitude. The guys liked him, but he didn't have the reliability factor. And That's I so just, rough. I can't, you know, I just, I can't, it was t- no call, no show on a Saturday, I think. 
Um, this is the same guy? Same guy. Don't he, I called him, I don't know how many times over the weekend. I mean, he'd been with us for two months and just no call, no show. Yeah. Um, and then shows up on Monday. I was, I was livid. I go, hey, what are you doing, man? I'm sorry. You know, yeah. I like you a lot, but this, I can't. This is too much. Yeah. yeah I, at some point. Morale, yeah. <laughs> you got to look at morale. You got to look at the bigger picture. And, That's another uh, thing. Yeah. So that was our first one. Another guy left um, shortly after, probably a few weeks later. He he was another one that was on. He I think he worked for us for five weeks on average. He worked about three days a week full time. You know, but there's always something two days a week. Oh, I got you, you know. Usually the Monday blues or the Friday flu, right? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> um, and so he found another job, I guess, which was you know not a big loss for us. Right. So we're going. It's like seven guys. It's August. So not the end of the world. We can make it work. Um, then our, our kid that graduated from college, um, great guy, everyone liked him, so on and so forth. But I, you know, he, archeology, span um, he wanted to get a job in that field. He was very open and honest with me from day one, mm-hmm. you know, he would be applying for other jobs and that was in his, uh, field of study from school. Um, and he luckily, he, he would tell me about, I would get calls for recommendations. I'd give him glowing recommendations and he got a great job. So that's awesome for him. Gave me his two weeks notice, you know, couldn't ask for a better, you know, exit. Um, right before he's about to leave a guy that's been with us since March walks off the job at the job. Like he had a, he had a company cell phone, everything just, Oh, it's the guy you were telling me about just yeah. reset his phone reset or whatever. His phone, and just put on the floor and just left. Um, that was a big blow. So we went from seven to five and five at that time was not doable. Five was, was drowning. Um, and at this point where, at that point, where were you like with the team? Like, were you completely out of the truck and just following up on everybody and doing estimates and customer service type stuff? And yeah, I would say owner stuff on average, I receive, I would say at least, 50 communications from via email, text message, or phone calls from current customers a day. And then the rest of my time is spent with, those are new like individual customers. When you get to a certain point with these customers, are, I, I would call it Rolodex, you know, we just get a lot of and you know personalized things that I have to deal with. Um, you know, hey, can you fit us in for this or this or blah, blah, blah. So yeah. a lot of my time is sucked up into that. And then that's not including the new stuff, the new projects. So I got to, you know, look at October, I got to look at our planting season and, you know, getting those schedules filled up and whatever else. But yeah, so most of my time is set in there, but yeah, I had to jump out and do, I I've always, um, I can't remember who said it, but they always just say, just don't get back in the truck. Like that's like the, once you get back in, you're going to be back in there and all that stuff. And I've really done everything I can to avoid that. Not because I, I like being in the truck. I love talking with the guys. I was in the truck last year for two, two months. Um, and I plan, I love leaves. That's my favorite season. I want to get back out there for that. But, it, you know, I, I just, I'm already so behind on the administrative side that the more, the, you know, just, I can't, I can't take a day. Yeah. Um, I'd rather take a day for morale. I'd rather come by and, you know, help out. And I've done that, you know, to help out with the mulch job or something like that, bring some Gatorades or whatever else. But at the end of the day, it's, it comes down to, we just need to not, schedule as many jobs or do something differently. If we were stuck at the, you know, what I, I want the opposite approach instead of, Oh shoot, you know, stop everything. Let me go help the guys. Right. I I went the opposite approach and went on indeed and spent a lot of money trying right. to, you know, buckle down. So, yeah. Um, so did that work? Yeah. We started, gosh, I think the, um, 
the last day John was here, he was the college graduate. Um, it was a Friday and I think Batine started the following Monday. So it just worked out like, yeah, okay, we got lucky right there. Um, which I think it was Labor Day. Um, and then we started another guy right afterwards. So we've had, you know, we're back up to seven, started another one this week. So we're up to eight. Um, but it's more of just like, Hey, we're starting a bunch of people. I've got my core guys have been with us for a while, but in case one of these work don't work out, we need to have a backup plan. Yeah. And I don't want to be caught. Right. So I'd so rather overpay and labor. Right. Over, over hire. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. that you're, that, that's always been my philosophy. And then it's still, I still, it still wasn't enough. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, God bless America, man. Yeah. You know, like, oh, geez. But yeah. So, um, and, and, you know, I've heard on some recent podcasts, um, with, I think it was some of Paul's podcasts with some, uh, you know, big multi-million dollar companies. You might've heard, heard some of these too, where they said, you know, that they, they, they stop hiring after a certain point, like, you know, for then they had a whole big philosophy of why, like financially and all that stuff. And, you know, like they're just not going to pay for themselves in time. If you hire them, like after September yeah. blank or, or whatever it was, yeah. yeah. Going into the winter or going into the fall, there's just not enough work for them to pay for themselves or to have that investment. But I mean, I feel like, you know, we're, we're all just so desperate now we're just trying to do whatever we got to do so um but yeah so what and i and i want to step on that point you know you don't want to you gotta there's a fine line between the hiring process i bring on new people and the retention right yes because i don't i'm not going to take away hours from guys that have been with me all summer all year all two year three years because you know i don't want i'm scared um it's i'm open and talk with the guys and they, you know, we, I think they've been averaging like 45 hours a week every week for the past five months. Like it's just been crazy. And that, I shouldn't even say average. That's like the minimum. Um, oh, man. It's just been, it's been a yeah. long, a long season. You know, they've yeah. been making a lot of money. Sure. But at the end, there's a certain the, point when you want to see your family, you want to see your yeah. animals. You know, a lot of them have dogs and yeah. whatnot. And, um, so what have you been doing for morale? Or have you? It's you know just 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 that overall company culture and how you're just you you you're getting after it and go getter and you're with them and you're not like kind of like way out off you know doing something else like you're in constant communication like what what is your philosophy there? Uh, you know modesty here. Um, <laughs> you know I think I've done a good job. You know let's say my core four as we always call them. Um, the short out of all those one a year and a half that's the least so two years three years you know pretty much ever since i started hiring they've stuck with me um all of them have cell phones uh company cell phones the newest iphone you can get whatever else um do what you want with it um two have company trucks they take home um costco memberships those are just little things right just trying to you say you know, little things but well, sure. to some people they're like what yeah <laughs> oh just you know anything i can do to... how much does that let's let, let's let's really break this down okay so, because sure. some people are going to be like what in the world like i've definitely heard the truck thing and and, and i mean like you know head top people crew leaders whatever definitely um phones like uh Pete with GCI Turf, uh, Pete Denny down in North Carolina he told me that was something that was a game changer for him is to this actually, you might want to want want to uh, uh, take take this uh, piece of advice, and, and it might help you in a way because you're saying how you get a lot of a lot of time is taken by dealing with customer issues or just customer questions or whatever, and that was happening to Pete as well. And he just gave everyone, all the crew leaders, their own cell phone and gave their crew their their accounts that number. 
So they were in charge of their own route. So if they, you know, if they took care of 60 or 80 accounts or whatever it was, and he's got all different, he's got, you know, uh, fur and squirt crews that just, all they do is roll on their, their tank trucks. And then he's got the, the, the maintenance, um, crews that did pull trailers. Now he's got the open, you know, Isuzu NPR, uh, you know, um, dovetail type deal setup, kind of, you know, like the, the, the original ramp rack thing where you just have a whole dedicated truck, that whole deal. Yeah. He's converted to those now, but so he's kind of, so he's got the FERT guys and he's got the maintenance guys. And, but so what, whatever, whatever it is, like they would each have their own group of clients, you know, the FERT guy would have a hundred something clients or whatever. And, you know, the landscape or lawn maintenance uh, crew would have 60 or 80 people or whatever. And, and all these people would be calling Pete, and he would have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people calling him sometimes yeah. and, and it drove him insane. So what he did was just, so you, you gave your guys phones, but he gave his each crew leader or each truck, you know, each FERT guy, their own phone and gave their customers that number. Yeah. So now whenever there is a question or a problem, Hey, can you add this on? Or, Hey, you know, you missed this or whatever the deal is. Hey, I have a question about this weed or what, you know, what, whatever it is, they would call that number. Yeah. And then they would deal with it. And if for some reason there's an issue that they couldn't deal with, then they would call Pete. So it completely reduced, you know, like that, that intake of for Pete. So it gave Pete so much more time to focus on customer service, building the business, getting more work, all that, you know, customer service, meaning like, like high level stuff, customer yeah. service that the crew leaders weren't able to, to handle or whatever. And, and just office stuff, you know, and plus he also has a whole online business too. So he was able to focus on that more, but just, I thought that was a pretty ingenious thing. So I've definitely heard the cell phone thing for that. Um, and I've definitely heard of people giving their like main guy or head guy or highest guy, a truck, you know, like do what you want with this truck. I mean, don't go to Florida with it, but you know, you know, this, yeah. this is your personal vehicle and work vehicle or whatever. So I know you're, you're going to have a reliable vehicle and you can never call out because you don't, you know, cause you're having car trouble, you know, type deal. That's, well, that's a risk, you know, because yeah. if they are sick, well, I'm not going to go get that truck. It's, it's used in the fleet. Yeah. So it's, that is a, it's definitely a risk to have. I didn't think about yeah. that. Yeah. So what does happen if they call out and they, and they have a, their own truck? They're not allowed to call out. They're not allowed to call out. <laughs> um, well, let's, we'll go back to the cell phone thing. Yeah. So it, that's a great, and I know with fer, you know, fertilization and stuff, that's definitely something that, you know, you have those account managers, right? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to take, you know, stress off my guys, not add more to it. <laughs> right. And as much as they think I'm sitting behind a computer all day, I, a lot of people don't realize what goes on with my communications with customers. I mean... I, I put out so many fires that it's just, it's crazy. That's, you know, I'm a firefighter. Right. Um, little things, you know, this gate got left open, all that stuff. My guys don't need to stress out about that. They hear about, you know, 10% of what goes on. You know, right. But if they're the ones that left the gate open, they should be That's a big responsible example. for that. That's a big you know? example. Yeah. But um, yes. Yeah. No, don't leave the gates open. <laughs> um, but, you know, their focus should be on there. I don't want the... Eventually, yes, that, um, and we've started seeing it because they call ahead to certain properties and then mm -hmm. now they have that number and yeah. not, not my guys have the customer's number, but the customer has have guys that number. number. Yeah. yeah. So that's, and that's perfectly fine. My guys should be able to communicate with the customers. I don't, you know, there's certain properties where you don't want to be the middleman. I get, I get it. But as far as having my crew leaders be an account manager as well, mm -hmm. 
sure, if they're up to the task, that's a different story. But my eventual game plan with how I'm growing my business mm-hmm. is to have about one account manager per three crews. Yeah, I gotcha. Because um, yeah. that's how many crews I have right now, and I'm tapped. Right. right. <laughs> so um, that's kind of my philosophy yeah. is, is to have an account manager that's able to supervise three, two to three mowing crews and one enhancement crew. Yeah. And then all those customers that go along with the, that. And that's their job. Yeah. Um, well, I get that for sure. And and so that's why I was saying there's different mentalities there. But what, what, so what I was trying to get to before was I have heard bits and pieces of this from different people and different versions of why they, why they have a cell phone or why they give trucks, but what's the cost? What's the overall cost? Right. Because I think people don't realize it, it, it can go back to like your CRM, right? Yeah. And you and I have had this conversation before or in the early days when you uh, wanted to, wanted to get into service autopilot, for example, um, it's expensive, right? Yeah. But but it's the the benefits outweigh the cost, right? The reward out, outweighs the risk. Like you're making more money and saving time and less stress by investing in a CRM, for one example. Um, and people just see the number, the cost, and they're like, "Well, I'm not gonna. I can't afford to give a guy a truck. I can't afford to give one a cell phone." But can they? Like what? What you know? What are like? Maybe you can't. Uh, afford not to type deal, right? Like if that's, what's going to keep your guys, if that's going to make it more efficient. Why, why wouldn't you, you know, like, why can't you find a way? So what, what is the cost for all that? Well, you'll have to come back for the answer to that question. When we drop part two with Charles Nelson of stepping stone landscaping. Hi, I'm Mr. Producer. You can connect with Charles on Instagram at SteppingStoneVA. That's SteppingStoneVA. Did you get your LCR merch in time for GIE? I hope you did. But if not, that's okay. There's going to be plenty of opportunities to show off your exquisite taste and support the podcast. Now, the link for the Rookies merch shop is in the podcast description. Check out the t-shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs, even that insulated water bottle, and so much more. Again, just click on the link in the episode description to see the products. And we genuinely appreciate you listening to and supporting the show by picking up some gear. Now, don't forget to attend the Friday morning podcast session with Naylor, Caleb Allman, Paul Jameson, Jason Creel, Corey Ballard, and many others. That's at 8 a.m. Friday morning at GIE. This has been an LCR Media and Mr. Producer production.